0: Tactical Sports Takes, inbound. Who the fuck is that guy? Beat him off. Stomp on his head as he's unconscious. Five-tool commentator. He's the Willie Mays of sports <laughs> broadcasting. It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Owen Ely Show. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely M N. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North M I N. Be sure to check out our website at Northstarsports.media. And welcome into the show. We got a great one for you today here on this Saturday, April 16th, as we look to very briefly preview UFC Fight Night Luque versus Muhammad 2, which will take place in uh, a few minutes, a few minutes from the uh, UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, as always, very happy to be back with you guys. Very fashionably late, uh, as per usual. I have not been on my, uh, not been on top of things when it comes to uh, previewing and 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 recapping. So we'll try to we'll try to fix that. Uh, but like I said, we're gonna try to do it very quickly for many reasons. Many reasons. Number one. Uh, the Timberwolves are uh, maintaining a small lead against the Memphis Grizzlies here in the third quarter. so I want to get back to watching uh, Timberwolves playoff basketball, which is not something that we can do very often around here. Uh, also this fight card sucks. I mean, here's hoping that uh, you know they put on good fights, but you look at this card on paper, it's one of the worst we've seen in, in probably a year year or two. And, uh, we're, we're compressed, uh, you know, for, for time because, uh, you know, it's, it's about to begin. So, you know, we'll try to zoom our way through this, uh, no housekeeping, no housekeeping, just status quo. So we'll get right into the main event here where we'll have the silent assassin, Vicente Vicente Luque, excuse me. I always mess that up. I always say Vicente, but Vicente Luque taking on number six, Bilal. Remember the name, Muhammad. Uh, Take a look at the odds for this one coming from Odds Shark. And if they would stop hiding it on me, Luque will be the minus 180 favorite. Very much disagree with that. Uh, You know, I I posted my fight predictions earlier uh, today and Vicente Luque, Vicente Luque, Jesus, excuse me, is uh the mailman's lock of the week i I feel very confident that luke is going to win this fight um i think he's far far more dangerous than muhammad great finishing ability he he can choke you out like we saw him do against woodley although you know he kind of knocked him out then choked him out definitely has knockout power has a granite chin uh we'll see how his cardio holds up against muhammad i mean that's something muhammad can and has kind of exploited you know you look at that uh, Wonderboy Thompson fight Uh, Muhammad definitely had the better cardio he had the smarter game plan which was to take down the the kickboxing guy Um, but basically you know just looking at uh, a chart of you know if you're charting out potential possibilities in this fight I I like almost every scenario for Luque I mean who's going to get the knockout in this fight it's going to be Vicente Luque who's going to get the submission if it happens in this fight it's going to be luke not impossible that muhammad gets a submission but probably it's going to be luke okay so like i i just you know if it goes to a decision hey we'll see but in my estimation the only way Bilal muhammad can win this fight uh realistically is uh just by you know having a very very boring uh lay and pray style which you know is how he wins fights and uh, I don't even really say that begrudgingly. Uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do to do to win. But you know, very boring fighter, uh, and uh, he could he could win this fight against Luke, but he'll have to win it very boringly. And that's kind of the funny irony for below Muhammad on this win streak is, look at Leon Edwards, who's way more uh, of an interesting fighter than Muhammad. Winning fights in the UFC doesn't mean anything. Like, Bilal Muhammad is always... Uh, you know, I- I- an infinite distance away from a title shot. Like, I, you know, you hear people talk about, well, you know, this this fight has really big implications. Yeah, not really. I mean, not really, unless Bilal Muhammad, you know, gets a, a KO of the year. If you're a boring fighter and you win fights, a lot of fights... Bro, you, you're not getting a title shot. Like, winning doesn't get you title shots. You have to win, somewhat, and be exciting, and be somebody that people want to see fight. Okay, so you know, not a whole lot on the line here, to be honest with you. But yeah, I like uh, I like Luke in this one. I think he probably gets a finish. I, you know, Bilal Muhammad, a very well-rounded fighter. He is. There's no there's no weakness with Bilal Muhammad. He is a well-rounded fighter. That is for certain but the problem for Bilal Muhammad is he's well-rounded at a b-minus level his striking b-minus cardio b-minus wrestling b-minus which is why he can get a lot of wins in the UFC and he can beat a lot of that welterweight roster but when it comes to facing the top of the division and if it proves me wrong he proves me wrong and I'll say that on the recap but um he, he every everything he does is just B minus. So it's gonna be pretty hard. Maybe you could get by Luque, but like you know, if you're going up against uh, a Leon Edwards, kind of like we saw, where you know he kind of got battered. But in fairness, the fight you know got stopped early. Or it was a good stoppage, but you know I think it ended in the second round. You know if you go up against a Cov- Covington would mop the floor with him. If you go up against Hamzat or Gilbert, Gilbert would knock out Muhammad for you know he'd be out for weeks. Uh, you know, it's it's, not, it's 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 pretty hard to be well-rounded, which you need to be. But to be well-rounded at a B-minus level, I mean, you're gonna have to be well-rounded at you know an A-minus level or something. Or you know, I'm just throwing around shit there, whatever that means. But you know, yeah, you, you have to excel at something, and he he doesn't excel at anything. He's just he's just really good. He's re, he is really good at everything, but doesn't stand out in any uh, significant way. All right, moving on to the co-main event. Uh, Kyle Bahalo and Gadzi Omar Gadziev. Uh, Gadzi will be the minus 135 favorite. No idea how this is the co-main event. That is wild how this is a co-main event. Really don't know anything about either fighter, to be honest with you. Uh, I believe they're both making their UFC debut. They both were on the last season of the Contender Series. Uh, Kyle won his first fight pretty convincingly but pretty boringly. He had to come back I think like a month or a month and a half later and and pick up a second win on the Contender Series. Don't know anything about either of these fighters. I mean the Contender Series is a bit oversaturated at this point Um, but I'm gonna go with the tried and true method of seeing a Russian with a name that's very very hard to pronounce and just picking him I mean both of their records are stellar Godzi undefeated uh but yeah I, you know if you're if you're a Russian, I assume he's from Dagestan I, I don't I don't uh fully know but you know you, you you got some z's and v's in your in your name uh and you're from Russia uh, I'm gonna pick you so I'm gonna pick him to win by I don't even know I don't even know anything about the guy to be honest with you uh, we'll go decision because I, I don't I don't know too much about him. All right, moving on to the featured bout on the main card. We'll have Andre Fialo and Miguel Baeza uh, taking on each other uh, in the welterweight division. Fiallo's 14-4, and four, Baeza 10-2. and two. Take a look at the odds for this one. Baeza, the minus 170 favorite. Uh... I, I really like Miguel Baeza. He's kind of fallen on, on some tough times here. He's lost two fights in a row. Had that uh, f- well, it's tough to say fight of the year contender because for it to be a contender, you have to realistically see it being the, the fight of the year, but a fight of the month uh, contender against uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. That was a really good fight and kind of could have gone either either way. I think they probably scored that one correctly and then uh, had another banger with Chaos Williams, but he got knocked out, uh, being a little bit sloppy in the third round. Although, in fairness, you know they were both pretty tired. But um, so yeah, he started off his UFC career three and zero. He knocked out Matt Brown, uh, you know, just a year and a half ago. And uh, yeah, I mean this is a this this business is uh, truly a what have you done for me late me lately uh, type of situation here, but. Yeah, I, I still like uh, Miguel Baeza Probably could uh, make better decisions Inside the octagon Increase that fight IQ But uh, physically I think he's he's really good uh, Fialo He was the guy who knocked out James Vick uh, In James Vick's first fight uh, After getting cut by the UFC uh, 28 years old uh, Lost his debut Against Michelle Pajeda. Uh, that was a good fight that was a good fight. That was just uh, three months ago. Uh, so uh, pretty evenly matched here, but I'm going to go Miguel Baeza. Uh, I, I think I've—not that I follow uh, UAE Warriors and uh, wherever the hell Andre Fiala was fighting before the UFC, ex-MMA or whatever. Uh, not that I follow that very uh, closely, but I do like what I've seen from Miguel Baeza. I think he probably turns it around here against Fialo. Um it will go by decision. I mean, those are two those are two guys who can crack, but but also take a punch. So we'll go by decision on that one. All right, moving on. Uh, we'll have a women's bantamweight fight between Myra Bueno Silva and Yanan Wu. Bueno Silva seven two and one. Wu twelve and four. We'll take a look at the odds for this one. Bueno Silva is going to be the minus five hundred favorite. Um, Again, don't know a whole lot about either of these fighters, uh, which might sound bad, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try to profess uh, to know stuff I don't know. But those are just two fighters that, you know, they've been in the UFC for a little bit of time. You, you always see their name. Like, they're, they're fairly active. You always see their name early on the prelim, but you just never— they've never done anything that would make you remember anything about them. You just know that you've seen their name on a fucking scorecard before. So, I mean, I'm gonna go with Buena Silva because she's a minus 500 favorite. That's good enough for me. If people are putting their money out there to that uh, that tune, then that's good enough for me. I, I don't know a damn thing about either of them, so we'll go Buena Silva by decision. Of course, by decision. We're not we're not picking a finish on this one. All right, moving on. Still on the main card, Pat Sabatini taking on T.J. Laramie in the featherweight division. Sabatini 16 and three. Laramie 12 and 4. We'll take a look at the odds for this one. Another pretty heavy favorite here, Pat Sabatini, minus 500. Um, Pretty tough fight for TJ Laramie. I know there was a little bit of buzz on him when he got signed off of the Contender Series, just given his age. I think he was signed at like 22. And uh, yeah, the matchmaking has not been uh, very uh, friendly for the 24-year-old Canadian TJ Laramie. Uh, made his debut against Derek Minner in uh, September of 2020. Got choked out uh, in round one, of course, because that's what uh, that's what Derek Minner does. I mean, that dude's a submission specialist, to, uh, you know, the highest highest level. He's basically the featherweight division's version of uh, Gerald Mearshart. And uh, yeah, he had a couple of fight cancellations. Uh, Pat Sabatini under. Underrated, underappreciated, uh three and and0 in the UFC. Uh, you know, not not putting back not pushing back blue chip prospects, but uh, you know, a nice win over Tristan Connelly, Jamal Emmers, and Tucker Lutz. Uh and Lutz Lutz kind, Lutz kind of brought it in that fight. That happened uh five months ago. Uh definite win for uh, uh, Pat Sabatini, but Tucker Lutz. I like Tucker Lutz. I don't know why, uh, but it was a nice, uh, nice little fight uh, stored away on the prelims there. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Pat Sabatini on this one. We'll go by, we'll go by unanimous decision on this one. All right, final card on the main card. The main card opener taking place in the welterweight division. A lot, a lot of 170 fights on this card. Uh, we'll have Munir Lazzez taking on Anja Lusa. Lazez ten and two, Lusa eight and two. Uh, we'll take a look at the odds for this one, and I don't believe don't believe there's odds for this one. I mean, I'm sure there are, there are odds somewhere for this one, but I guess uh, because it's a short notice fight, because uh, Lazzez was supposed to fight Alessio Zaleski Dos Santos. Um, they haven't got around to updating the odds. That's okay. That's okay. If I had to guess, I would say Munir Lezez is probably like a minus 180 favorite, minus 190 favorite or something along the lines of that. Slight to moderate favorite. Uh, Muneer uh 34, so he's got to kind of get uh, cracking here. got knocked out by Worley Alves uh, 13, 14 months ago, so not uh, – not very active, one and one in the UFC. Lusa, we saw him on the Contender Series. Uh, he lost. He was a Lusa against Jack della Maddalena, who I, I just fucking I love that guy. That guy's gonna, that guy's gonna go places. That guy's a fucking baller. Um, but that, that was a close. That was a close fight. I'm gonna go Liz. I mean, that's the problem with this card, which is why I said this preview would go pretty quickly. This is a, this is very much a card that they are contractually obligated to put on I mean they they just stripped this card of anything interesting I mean it is some of the most boring uh necessary matchmaking for for them to do I mean you know if you're if you're signed to the UFC they have to offer you a fight you know th- at least three times a year so you know this is one of the, this is one of those where it's just yeah we got we got some financial responsibilities that we have to do so you know we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> put uh all the fighters that nobody really cares about on one card uh which fair enough i mean you know you don't want to go up against the uh the nba uh we'll just breeze through the prelims here no reason to uh go super deep on the prelims prelim headliner is going to be in the heavyweight division Devin clark taking on william knight clark 12 and 6 Knight 11 and 3 pretty interesting matchup. Those are two very, very big light heavyweights. So, uh, although I believe William Knight's last fight was at heavyweight because he missed weight by like fucking 12 pounds or something (laughs) ridiculous. Um, William, William Knight's a powerful striker. Devin Clark is a smothering, uh, grappler. Uh, so I, I, like Devin Clark in this one just because of his, uh, grappling. He's, uh, the pride of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, Two-fight losing streak, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's fought some pretty tough guys. Uh, Iwan Kutalaba, Anthony Smith, Ryan Spann. I, I really look back at his fight against Alonzo Menafield That's kind of how I think this fight's going to play out. I mean, Menafield's another just massive striker with no gas tank, with a crazy amount of power. And Devin Clark kind of handled him, uh, well, pretty, ha- pretty handedly. So uh, I think that's going to play out like that. William Knight, we've seen him... Uh, against Daun Jung uh, just get grapple fucked into oblivion so I think that's the path to victory for Devin Clark I actually feel pretty uh, confident that uh, Devin Clark's going to win this one we'll go by unanimous decision uh, we got Lena Landsberg taking on Panny Kianzad two uh, Swedish female fighters uh, Kianzad 15-6 and 6, Landsberg 10-5 and 5. don't really care don't know a whole lot about either of them So we'll go Kianzad by unanimous decision. A lot of decisions are going to happen on this fight. I can, on this fight card, I can just feel it. Uh, Lightweight division, we got Drakkar close taking on Brandon Jenkins. Close, 11-2 and 1. Jenkins, 15-8. Close is the minus 700 favorite. Definitely picking him in this one. Very unfortunate how that whole situation with him and Jeremy Stevens played out. You know, you hear about him... I don't know if he had, if he got like a bulging disc or whatever, but talking about uh, like, I think like the whiplash and uh, how that, that shove from Jeremy Stevens, which was totally uncalled for, uh, really, really fucked up his neck. Uh, so that's unfortunate. You absolutely hate to see it, but I think he's going to come back and get the get the win. I mean, Brandon Jenkins, I believe he made his debut in his last fight, and it was short notice... Uh, against uh, Zhu Rong, got knocked out in round three. I mean, this guy does not have a great record. I mean, um, he was flopping, flip-flopping wins and losses in in the uh, LFA. Drakkar Close is, is very underrated. I, I really like Drakkar Close, and it's so unfortunate that that outcome happened with Jeremy Stevens because, you know, who knows how that fight would have would have played out, but, I mean, there was a real possibility that Drakkar Close could have beat Jeremy Stevens. And for whatever you can say about Jeremy Stevens, you know, getting fucking dunked on by Conor McGregor and having a record that will never be broken, never be broken for the mo- most losses in UFC history. Jeremy Stevens is a good fighter. He's a good fighter. I mean, he's kind of like the RDA of the um, featherweight division in the in in the sense of, like, dude, look at Jeremy Stevens' uh, record. Win, lose, or draw, he takes on basically the toughest fighters that nobody wants to take on, so uh, you got to give him props, but yeah, Jacar Uh very, very good fighter. Holds uh, holds some wins over Lando Venata and Bobby Green. So uh, I'm going to go Jacar Close. I say he finishes him pretty early. Hopefully his injuries are somewhat healed and, and they don't hamper him in this one. Uh, we got Hafa Garcia taking on Jesse Ronson in the lightweight division. Garcia 13-2, Ronson 21-10. and 10. It's a minus 115 pick him. I'll go, I'll go Garcia just because he has the prettier record, although totally possible Jesse Ronson uh, picks up the dub here. I believe, I don't want to get in trouble, but I believe Jesse Ronson is coming off of a uh, suspension for, uh, I, well, I want to say it was he took something he shouldn't take, but uh, uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, so you know, I'm, I'm going to leave it uh, as a speculation. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he really kind of shocked some people when he, he beat Nicholas Dal, Dalby. Of course, that's now a, uh, a no contest. But, you know, Dalby's, Dalby's got a pretty UFC record. So, you know, that was a little, little bit eye-opening. I mean, he definitely was a pretty heavy underdog in that fight. Garcia, 27 years old, got back uh, to his winning ways in his last fight against Natan Levy. He lost uh, the two fights prior to Nassarat Hakparast, who's a good fighter, and Chris Gritzmacher, who is not a good fighter. Uh, Moving on, we got the uh, second heavyweight fight here on the card. Chris Barnett taking on Martin Boudet. have no idea why this is just buried in the middle of the prelims of a very shitty card. Uh, Chris Barnett, obviously... uh, Famous, famous for that spinning heel kick, wheel kick, whatever the hell you want to call it, knockout of uh, John Volante. Uh, great dancer, same size as me, five foot nine, but he's he's uh, two hundred and well, two hundred and sixty-three and a half pounds. I would imagine he probably cuts some weight as well. So who knows how big he gets in the octagon? I mean, he could, he could be two eighty-five for all we know. Uh, but he he's a big boy. He's a big boy. He doesn't move like a big boy though. He's uh, he's he's pretty spry on his on his feet, so uh, you know, interesting guy. He's going to be the uh, underdog here against Martin uh, Boudet. Uh, fair enough. When you have a record like Chris Barnett, that uh, that would happen. We got Boudet on a eight fight winning streak. Knocked out Lorenzo Hood on the uh, contender contender series uh, about six months ago. His only loss was his second fight to uh, Juan Espino, who's a very underrated heavyweight fighter, won the heavyweight season of uh, the Ultimate Fighter in like 2018 or something like that, so phew, might be wishful thinking, but I'm going to go with the underdog here, Chris Barnett, uh, I just can't, I can't go against anybody who brings that type of joy uh, to the fans, you know, a real real cl- crowd pleaser, uh, moving on third to uh, third to last fight here we got Trey Ogden taking on Jordan Levitt Levitt 9 and 1 Ogden 15 and 4 Ogden the -145 favorite totally disagree with that I'm going to go with Jordan Levitt um, lost his uh, no excuse me he won his last fight against uh, Matt Sales uh, lost his second fight in the UFC against Claudio Puyes uh, had that really, really noteworthy uh, UFC debut victory, 22 a 22 second slam knockout of Matt Wyman, totally, totally brutal. Just oh man, I can't imagine the fucking headaches that Matt Wyman is probably still currently dealing with from from that slam. Uh, two and one in the UFC. I don't really know what what went wrong for him in that Puyez fight. Uh, very gifted grappler. Hopefully his striking has improved, but I think he's. A very talented fighter I don't know anything about Trey Ogden he's 32 I know he got signed uh a little bit ago off of the, off of the regional scene got a handful of losses he lost to Thomas Gifford ooh he lost to Thomas Gifford twice yeah that's good enough for me to pick against him you I mean you lose to Thomas Gifford I mean ooh, that's like that's like me in a heavyweight and losing to Chris, Sher- or, uh, Chris Sherman wow what the hell is that Chase Sherman Chase Sherman you know that's that's embarrassing. That's like losing to Chase Sherman and Alex Nicholson. Um, so yeah, we'll go we'll go Jordan Levin on this one uh, by finish. Who knows when? Who knows how? But I'm gonna go Jordan Levin by Levitt by finish. Uh, we got a women's strawweight fight between Estella Nunez and Sam Hughes Nunez. Uh, the minus two twenty five favorite. We'll go with her. Sam Hughes is five and four. That does not belong in the UFC. And we got the uh, prelim opener between uh, Haley Alatang and Kevin Kroom. Two pretty bad records uh, out there. Alatang is the minus 180 favorite. I'm going to go Haley uh, Alatang by round three knockout. So, with that, we'll wrap up the preview here for UFC Fight Night Luke versus Muhammad 2. Uh, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely M N. You can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M-I-N. Be sure to check out our website at Northstarsports.media. And thanks for tuning in, everybody.